Sorry about that. <clears throat> Sorry if it was a little bit too loud. I just... I had to get into the mood. I've been... Oh, God, I've been so excited for the new Black Panther movie. God! Sorry. Got a little bit juiced up. Got a little bit excited about uh, the new trailer for the new Wakanda Forever movie. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What an awesome trailer. Oh, jeez. I'm so excited for the movie. Hold on. Let me plug in my computer. Hold on. Ugh. All right. I'm 24. This is my podcast where we talk about sports and music sometimes. Today, I want to hit on the Chicago Bears and I want to talk about the Chicago Bears because the Bears are just throwing out, or content creators for the Bears are just throwing out just disastrous pieces of content. Also, uh, happy training camp day, or opening day, or weekend, or week, whatever it is. Training camp for the NFL starts this week, and we will be getting a lot of people that are going to be reporting and talking about it, and that are, oh my gosh, excited to uh, to watch players in tights run around. And loose jerseys. I am one of those people that is also excited. I don't really have any training camp narratives or focuses. I do, like, because it's just like, like, I don't know what people expect of training camp. For me, at least. I just want confirmation. I want to see things that I think I know, but then get to see on paper. And I'm like, oh, okay, I knew. I'm just, I'm just confirming, like confirmation. We'll talk about probably training camp tomorrow or Wednesday when I actually see something of note for training camp, besides just like seeing Sky Moore in his Kansas City uh, Chiefs jersey and seeing Stephon Diggs run around with Josh Allen. Training camp right now is kind of boring. But I do have some stuff about the Bears, and I also have some stuff about Justin Herbert. We get into the podcast here. This is between Wakanda Forever. That was one of the songs that I was thinking of playing. And also... Sorry about that. And also the Eminem song, My Dad's Gone Crazy. If you uh, if you listen to the MGK diss track on Eminem, he like mentions that song. He's like in a bar. He's like, I think my dad's gone crazy. Yeah, Haley, you right. He's something like that. I was like, oh, that's a pretty good bar. I was like, where's that... What's that line from? Now I know. All right, let's get into it. I'm a little bit exhausted. I went to the gym super early today. Hold on. By the way, I just gotta just gotta say this. Hold on. Let me take a swig of water or Powerade. One of my favorite YouTube short videos, or not short, but one of my favorite YouTube series is One Bite Pizza Reviews. And they've essentially just transitioned it only to shorts. And I'm watching I'm watching the new one on my computer. It's in like that filtered bar thing. And I'm like, oh God. That sucks. It sucks. It's like they made it now for phones. And I'm like, oh gosh. Only for phones. Where's my phone? I'm like, can I get it? Does it look better on my phone? I don't know. 
it's so weird to like see a video that was like that was like full screen now essentially just be like only for uh phones jesus christ we got time don't worry about it and my time i mean this may be an hour to an hour and a half type of podcast or not maybe not hour and a half it may, it'll probably be like a two hour long pizza pizza god ride yeah like they didn't do it right yeah like i i knew it i was just like hey uh editor at one bite i'm on my phone right now and uh your your freaking your video isn't correct i don't understand what's going on i like jesus christ maybe it's my android i don't know i'm very confused Hmm. Sorry. I'm also, like, just exhausted. I may have gotten, like, two to three, four hours of sleep. I, I don't know how many hours of sleep, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <clears throat> so, uh, I mean, where should I start? Like, I want to get a quick hitter in. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was watching The Bachelorette today, which is also why I'm, like, Super late. God. So bad. So bad. I hate The Bachelorette. I shouldn't have watched it. I shouldn't have started to watch it again. I haven't seen The Bachelorette in like years. And then I heard that there was this like absolutely terrible bachelor. And everybody hated him. And he went home by himself. And I was like, ooh, maybe I should watch it. And then, and then just the excitement. You know how... You know, I, I'm not a FOMO person. I'm not a person that fears missing out on things. However, just the excitement and the community within the Bachelorette, Bachelor Nation, I was just like, I, I, gotta, I gotta see what all the hubbub is about. You know? And uh, I, I saw what the hubbub is all about. And it's, it's like, I thought it was going to be more funny. I thought it was just going to be people making fun of how bad and how cheesy the TV show is. No, it's not. It's about how it's like people take this show extraordinarily serious. And I thought I was just going to have a, a nice good laugh and not I'm like, this is fake. I thought I thought that's what it was all, all about. Just making fun of the ridiculousness of the show. And it's just like, no, people love the show. I'm like, I don't. I hate it. I think that it's a joke. This will be the only time that I am interested in this TV show because I want to see how it fucking ends. I want to see who wins. Like, this is not. I'm like I don't I don't care who who ends up with with the other. All I want to see is who wins. That's it. Like because statistically speaking, uh, the Bachelor and the Bachelorette they separate. Like they get divorced or they don't even make it to the altar. Like I just want to see who wins. Anyways, odd. Went to the gym today. Got super swole. My body is hot. Went to the gym, worked on the guns. Sun's out, it's summertime, even though it's freaking 100,000 degrees and the pools are boiling over because of how freaking hot it is outside. But when suns are out, the guns are out. Whoop, baby. Oh my God, worked on the biceps, felt great. Hadn't worked out in weeks because I've been hurt for like the last couple of weeks. Got my vascularity back, got super strong, just hit the bench press. Hit everything. Whoop! Baby! I'm super fucking strong in the gym. Lacked, like, I liked, I lacked, not liked, I lacked endurance. I couldn't, like, continue forever, but I was like, 
like, let me take it easy on myself. And I was like, let me take it a little bit more difficult. Can't wait to hit the legs tomorrow. Actually, I can't. I'm not excited about doing squats tomorrow. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. <clears throat> Anyways, enough about non, um, nonsensical type of stuff. Let's talk about football. So there is this absolute weird mania surrounding the NFL right now. You know what? Let me flip this. Let me flip this. I'll talk about Justin Herbert in a little bit. The mania surrounding Justin Herbert. Let me talk about the NFL landscape here. So, on Sunday, I'm watching Lewis Hamilton, you know, do his thing down there at the Paul Ricard track in Formula One racing, watching Lewis Hammy put the hammer, put the hammer down, stop, hammer time, Hamilton came in second place, the Mercedes upgrade package was not as good as I thought it was, and as good as they thought it was, admittedly, and Mercedes couldn't keep up with the absolute just monster that is the Red Bull race car, and even the Ferrari as well. But Lewis Hamilton put the hammer down, and Lewis Hamilton came in second place, as well as George Russell beating Sergio Pierre on, uh, not Pierre, but Sergio Perez, Perez, after the restart after the virtual safety car. And Mercedes had a 2-3 placement. Great job, Mercedes. But as I was watching Formula One racing this weekend, I thought to myself, I'm like, man, there sure are a lot of awesome Formula One young drivers that are going to be there after Lewis Hamilton retires. And depending on who goes to what team, there's going to be some competition against Max Verstappen going forward. Max Verstappen. By the way, how does Max Verstappen not win driver of the year? I mean, I know the ESPYs are like an American award, but when I saw that, that, uh, that Max Verstappen did not win, the uh, the freaking driver of the year award. I was just like, oh, this is it's it's garbage. It's garbage. He drives in a significantly harder conference or or sport in Formula One. He drives in the best motorsport, in my opinion, of all time. And Kyle Lar Kyle Larson wins it. Kyle because he's a NASCAR driver, and the voters are all American, and they cannot appreciate great driving in, in the sense of uh, Max Verstappen. The only thing that NASCAR has over Formula One is that their cars are louder. Their tracks are horrible. They're not interesting or intriguing. Like, like a bad Formula One track, like Paul Ricard, the French track that was just raced on Sunday, is like a great NASCAR track. Like NASCARs, they only do fucking donuts and ovals and squares. There's no chicanes, there's no turning, there's no, you know, unique dynamic engineering. You know, the, the racing isn't as good. It's ridiculous. It's boring. Comparatively to Formula One. I was like, man, I love, I love uh, Formula One. Or not Formula One. I was like, when I first saw my first NASCAR race, which was like last year, like, when I just saw it, I was like, man, like, this is awesome. And then I saw Formula One and I was like, no, it is... It is not. Gosh. But I thought of all of the young Formula, Formula One drivers 
like Lando Norris and George Russell and Charles Leclerc, and just really, really awesome up-and-coming drivers. And I thought to myself, Formula One is set up for a great competition for the next uh, couple of years, for the next 10 years, when Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso and Sebastian Vettel, when they all retire and they go off and fly off into the, to the distance, you got great drivers coming up from the rear. And I thought to myself, I was like, what happens when Tom Brady retires in the NFL? What happens when Aaron Rodgers retires? Does the NFL have a similar landscape of quarterbacks that can essentially dominate, dominate the league and take over the league for years to come? Do they have that? Do they have those guys? Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> The answer is yes. And I also thought to myself, I was like, man, football is going to be in a really, really awesome space. Not just because of the, uh, I mean, yes, football will be in an awesome space because they have a bunch of awesome quarterbacks, but also the landscape is also set. For the most part, when I think of ceilings that quarterbacks can play, like the height of the quarterback position in 2022, I think of guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And I think that in the next couple of years, there's not going to be a quarterback that will be able to surpass those two quarterbacks. Or surpass them to the point where we're just rewriting the quarterback position. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I feel like changed the way that the quarterback position played 10 years ago. I think 20 years ago, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning did it. And you kind of see the, the kind of the, uh, the branches of those two players, that tree. You see players trying to mimic that game poorly, I might add. And some of their contemporaries being like, well, I'm, I, I was, I'm their age. I'm as good as them. And it's just like, no, you're not. It's like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, they changed it. And then all of these young quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, like on and on and on. All of these quarterbacks that have so many different styles of play that also somehow some way figure out a way to make them work I think they also contribute to the NFL's quarterbacks landscape the point that I'm trying to make here is that there's a lot of different ways nowadays to skin the exact same cat and that is there are a lot of ways to approach the quarterback position But more importantly than that, I think that there's a lot of players that have essentially established what the league will look like. And I think what the league will look like is a absolutely loaded AFC conference, the likes that we have never seen with quarterback talent, and a conference in the NFC that is starved of quarterback talent, that will need new, fresh, young quarterback talent in that conference to be able to compete with the teams. Yes, people may take a shit on Dallas. I don't really care. That will compete with teams like Arizona, like Matt Stafford and the, uh, and the, uh, the, I was about to say the Lions, but they're the Rams. But I think it's like, isn't Stafford, and the reason why I say Stafford, even though he's not like super young, uh, he, he may be there for like six, seven years. He's 34 years old. But like Stafford and the Rams, and Kyler and the Cardinals and Dak Prescott and and uh, 
and the Cowboys, like, I think that those three teams, some people are going to say, well, what about Trey Lance? Trey Lance hasn't started in a football game yet. Please stop, stop, stop talking to me about Trey Lance. But the reason why I talk about all those players and all those young quarterbacks in the NFC is I think that they are going to be the guys that kind of run that conference. I mean, who's in the NFC South besides Tom and maybe you get Jameis Winston? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he's the guy. Atlanta, you got Marcus Mariota. And Atlanta's tanking. And then Carolina has two backup quarterbacks that are going to battle it out. NFC North, I said Aaron's going to retire. Detroit doesn't have a clear succession plan. Uh, and God help them if their plan is Jared Goff. Holy shit, God help you. God help you if it's Jared Goff. Vikings have Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins to me isn't really a threat. Like Kirk Cousins has had ample opportunities to really push not just Aaron uh, in that division, but all the other teams in the conference. I mean, he's, he's loaded. He's, his team is loaded, chock full of firepower. You don't think of Kirk Cousins as a winner, to me at least. Somebody that can win in primetime games or in playoff games. I mean, he can't even go to the fucking playoffs. I don't consider Kirk Cousins a threat. I do consider Dak, Matt Stafford, Kyler a threat long term. So those are the threats in the NFC. Those are the guys that it's just like, it's a starved conference. Flip it over to the AFC. Everybody thinks the AFC is just this dominant conference and it's, it's just going to have a lot of success. And I said it last year and I said it this year. I think the AFC is going to cannibalize itself. I think it's going to literally kill itself for the next decade. There's just too many p- good players, too many good quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. There's way too many awesome top Lamar Jackson. Potentially Deshaun Watson. It looks like Deshaun Watson will probably I just I still don't have the time of the suspension. He'll probably be suspended uh, again. 2 day games. That's what it's looking like. There's just so much talent in the AFC at quarterback. And there's so many great quarterbacks on great teams that I just I feel like they're just going to kill themselves. Over and over and over again. I think they're just going to, like, what happened last year? Joe Burrow beats Kansas City. Joe Burrow beats Tennessee. I just don't see it. I don't see how Burrow, or not Burrow, but I just don't see a team uh, just being super dominant in that conference. I just, I don't see it. And especially now, it's like some of the best teams are in the hardest divisions. Kansas City, Chargers. Broncos with Russell Wilson for another 10 years. Don't forget about Russ. Big trust, Russ. Lamar, TJ Watt, 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 TJ Watt. Joe Burrow and and, uh, Deshaun Jack, not Deshaun Jackson, I'm tired. It's 12 o'clock. Again, I watched The Bachelorette and I watched like an hour, two hour long podcast. So it, it took me a while to get through it. I'm here. I am here. But Sean Watson for the Browns. I, I'm a little bit tired though. Point being, and point is, a lot of these guys, a lot of these players are just too fucking good to really just not, it, too, they're too good to, uh, again, hold on. My brain is fried right now, sorry. There's way too many awesome players that are going to provide threats for the individual teams in the AFC, and there's just going to be way too much polarity when it comes to the competition in that conference, and it's probably going to amount to 
a season like last season. I hate to repeat myself over and over and over again, but I will, will uh, unfortunately. But I think it'll lead to a playoff series like what happened this year. There wasn't like a lot of injuries outside of, of Baltimore. There wasn't a lot of injuries in Kansas City, et cetera, et cetera. Like it was just, it was, this is what the league now is. Deal with it. Some teams will, some teams can. Some teams are uh, up a creek without a paddle. So we'll see. <clears throat> we'll see. Anyways. I want to talk about Justin Herbert just mania that is going on because everybody and their mother loves Justin Herbert. Everybody. Everybody's like 24. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm like, I don't disagree. But I think there needs to be some reservations and some apprehension about it, right? And again, people, when it comes to quarterbacks, they have no idea what they want. They don't know if they want playoff victories. They don't know if they want regular season victories. They don't know if they want qualifications to go to the playoffs. They don't know if they want playoff wins. They don't know if they want playoff appearances. They don't know if they want accuracy. They don't know if they want turnovers. They don't even know what to look for. So I am that person that helps people know and find what they want to look for in a quarterback. I'm an expert. It's my job to tell you if a quarterback sucks or if he's good. It's my job. Justin Herbert doesn't suck. However, however, Justin Herbert disappears. He doesn't have great games. And like, there's no other, there's no better proof than just like going out, looking at his stat line and being like, wait a second, Justin Herbert will have consistently like 300 yard games, you know, high completion percentage. And then he'll have like high, high completion percentage being in the, like the eighties, like against Philly where he won 27 to 24, 84% completion percentage. He was 32 of 38 for 356 yards and two touchdowns. He was amazing. And then it's like against the Patriots, he couldn't hit the fucking broadside of a barn. 22 of 39, 56 point. Four, one percent, completion percentage. One touchdown, one interception, 195 yards in a blowout. 34 to six. Forgot about it. Forget about it. That's what some people are saying. Forget about it. That's Fugazi. Like, it's not Fugazi. You're Fugazi. Not on. Don't give me that. This is... After a iconic win against Cleveland, 36-43-6%. Completion percent, four touchdowns, almost 400 yards. I get it. He's got a big arm, and he can throw the shit out of football, and he's super consistent when it comes to being able to put up big numbers. All I'm saying is that he disappears. He disappears. I'm, exasper I'm exasperated in saying that. And there's games where he definitely and definitively should win that he just straight up doesn't. Again, the Baltimore game, the New England Patriots game. He lost against Minnesota, and it was bad. Like, his bad games are really, really, really bad. 
His great games are great. They're fantastic. What happened in the Raiders game? He was 34 of 64. Brandon Staley just said, fuck it. We got to throw it 64 times in a game. 53% completion percentage. He had a shit ton of yards. He had a lot of touchdowns. Three to one touchdown interception ratio. 383 yards. 53% completion percentage. Oh, lordy. He was on fire that night. Except he wasn't. Yes, he had a lot of, a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. But he didn't have a high completion percentage and he didn't win the fucking game. Raiders game, end of season game. If you don't know what I'm talking about or what I'm referencing, I'm referencing the final game of the season where it's win and get in for the Chargers and the Raiders. Whoever wins the football game goes to dog on playoffs. Raiders won it. Chargers didn't. I mean, everybody says he's better than Dak Prescott. He lost to Dak Prescott 17 to 20. Talk to me about that. I just, I want to pull back some of this stuff. Like, I just, like, let's just reel this stuff in. Just, just a little bit. I'm not a Justin Herbert hater. I love Justin Herbert. I love him. I was one of, like, the only guys I was going to bat for him. But, I mean, like, look at his turnovers, man. 38? To 15. 38 touchdowns? To 15 interceptions? Like, hello? Do we realize that he, with almost 40 touchdowns, had almost 20 interceptions? Which is terrible. Some people are going to be like, I don't care, 24. I don't care. I don't care that he almost had 20 turnovers or 20 interceptions. 20. I don't care. You should care. Let me show you something. A couple of years ago, a player had a really, really awesome season. Awesome season. Led the league in passing 5,100 yards. 33 touchdowns. Oh, my goodness. 60% completion percentage. Back then, it was good. Stole the passing yards away from Dak Prescott in that season. But he also had 30 interceptions, and they went 7 of 9. Didn't go to the playoffs. The next year, that very same team goes and wins the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Jameson or Jameis Will. Uh, I keep saying Jameson Williams whenever I mean to say Jameson. Jameis Winston. This is Jameis Winston who had all those gaudy numbers. Lottie Dottie. Jesus Christ. We like to potty. Jameis Winston had one of his best seasons when it came to just how large his numbers were. Also had one of his worst. And it caused this team to lose games. We will talk more in depth in turnovers where Bears fans are absolutely fucking insane. Where they're like, well, we don't care if Justin Fields leads the league in interceptions. It's just like, you guys are morons. But 
it matters. Like, turnovers matter. They do. I love Justin. He's got to stop turning the football over. He's got to be more consistent. I don't need him to have these grandiose, almost 400-yard games against Cleveland. I don't need him to have an 84.2% completion percentage. I just need him to be consistent. That's it. That's it. Find that consistency in his game. I just, I don't see it. Like, I remember watching him in some of these primetime games, and I was like, man, I don't remember him being this good at all. Like, somebody better help me. Somebody better testify. Help my brother out. I mean, he's still a great quarterback, but I mean, like, come on. Let's reel some of this stuff in. Shout out to the Dodgers, by the way. Beating San Francisco, I think, last night. I don't know what it was. I didn't see the, the final ending. I don't really care. I did see most of it. Clayton, yeah, it was 4-7. to seven. I thought that's what it was. Clayton Kershaw did not have a good, uh, a good game. Like, went out in the fifth because he was not playing well at all, and I knew he was. He gave up, like, a two-run home run. I was like, uh-oh, that's not very good. It's not good at all. Jesus Christ. It's like the Dodgers are taking on the Nationals. Mookie bets. one oh. Anyways, Justin Herbert, awesome quarterback. Uh... Please work on your consistency. And everybody who's like on that hype train, dear God, stop. Stop it, please. And thank you. Okay. Let's get into this Justin Fields discussion here. Let me find some of these. I have, I have an ungodly amount of tabs. Got to, you know, get rid of some of these tabs soon. Let's talk about Justin Fields here. So, Bears fans, I've been looking at these podcasts, these conversations with Bears fans just to, you know, just to kind of get the vibe here, just to make sure that I'm in the right, and everybody else is in the wrong, and everybody else is insane. And I found uh, the Adam Rank podcast, which, yikes, it was hard to get through. It really was. But um, I want to talk about the Adam Rank podcast and some of his takes on the Bears and the ridiculousness overall of people thinking that the Bears uh, are a good football team or can win 7-8-9, or not 7-8, eight, nine, potentially 10 games this year. It's so exhausting. My eyes are tired. I almost put my hand over a lit flame. A lit flame. I'm tired. Very tired. A extinguish my candle. Jesus Christ. Way too many people have high hopes for Justin Herbert or Justin Fields. Like way too many high hopes. Like, we think he's going to be a top 10 guy this year. I'm like, what? Yeah, 24, we think he's awesome. I'm like, can, can we just, like, make sure that what you're saying is real? 
Can we just... Can we just get him another weapon? Before we start saying that Justin Fields is going to be an awesome quarterback? Just... Oh Apparently not. So let's listen in and let's uh, talk about it and let's dissect it. God. This is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, by the way. Um, these clips are from a podcast that has bad audio. It's not my audio. It's his audio. You'll hear very weird sounds. You'll hear cracks. You'll hear crinkles. You will hear, uh, some of the worst audio that my podcast has ever played. And I've played some pretty bad audio. I've recorded some pretty bad audio. I should know. I should know all about bad audio because I created a lot of content with bad audio. Only difference is, uh, I'm not backed by a multi-billion dollar corporation. Continuing forward, here is uh, them kind of like starting off the conversation that we're going to be talking about with Justin Fields. Mike Clay of ESPN, who's a guy that I somewhat know, like he's a fantasy guy, well-respected in the industry. I'm in a couple, I think I'm in a couple of fantasy, I'm in, I'm in at least one fantasy league with him. He came out with uh, a proclamation that Justin Fields is going to lead the league in interceptions. And so to give a quick context, and Bears fans freak the fuck out of this. Give a quick context. Justin Fields almost led the league in interceptions last year. He was like ranked 31st. So how many interceptions did Justin have? How many did he have? He had 10. He had 10. He had 10 versus seven touchdowns. So he had double-digit turnovers. He had double-digit interceptions. He could not get double-digit touchdowns? Oy vey. He had like 10 games or something like that. How many games did he have? How many games did he play? Looks like 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, 10. He had 10 games. I mean, it's 11, but you know what I mean. A turnover a game? Ridiculous. Let's see if Adam Rank absolutely blasts him. Absolutely destroys him. Let's see if that happens. Let's see if he does what he should do. I was like... Does he mean fewest? But I think he means that he's going to throw the most interceptions. I don't, I don't, I don't understand any of this. What do you, what do you make of this? You don't understand how your quarterback who played in 11 games has 10 turnovers, which is a turnover per game, which implies that he could potentially have 17 total interceptions next season. And then on top of that, your guy also couldn't freaking muster up the ability to get 17 overall touchdowns. Touchdowns. And then on top of that, you're telling me your guy this year with a bad offense. Like, this is how delusional Bears fans are. They are delusional. They think that Justin is going to come out and he is going to freaking throw around the football like a gigolo throws around his penis. On a Friday afternoon to a bunch of bachelorettes, it's just like, like, what, what do you think is going to happen here? You know? 
Besides essentially you getting fucked. I don't know. I don't know. Bears fans are ridiculous. You know what? Hold on. I'm tired. I can't. I'm like, do I? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm like, I'm debating on whether or not I should keep going or if I should stop. Because I got a lot more. I got like an hour's worth more. And I'm just like, let's just stop the podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it tomorrow. But then I'm just like, stop. Get, get going again, 24. Oh my God, I'm so tired. It's like one o'clock in the, in the morning. I did not get any sleep last night. I'm so exhausted. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to power through it. I'm, I apologize. I apologize. Just so exhausted. Jesus Christ, I'm so fucking tired. Hold on, let me smack, let me smack myself. Wake up! Ugh, wake up! We got a podcast to record! This is like the ranting and the rain, uh, this is like the ranting, <laughs> the ranting and the, and, and the, what is it? Oh my God, like, Jesus. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus Christ. It's like the ranting and the ravings of a uh, of an insane person. Jesus Christ! Like wake up! Oh gosh! Hold on, I got a burp. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Going back to Justin Fields. So I <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Going back to Justin Fields. And stupid Bears fans who think that Justin Fields just isn't going to suck at all next season. And, he, and they're just like, <laughs> I, like, I don't get how he can't have uh, the most interceptions in the league. And it's just like, well, hell, he was already well on his way. He's already well on his way. He already, hell, he, he almost did it this year. Almost did it this year. Uh, declaration. Well, it was funny because I... For my this, this is the bad audio, by the way. It, like, I'll try and break down some of it and some of what she is saying. But, um... It, goodness gracious. It's, it's... I know it's bad. I will try to help out with, with it. In the sense of I'll try to interpret what she says, but it's bad. It's really bad. I had deinstalled Twitter from my phone. I was like, I'm not going to go on Twitter. I'm not going to do it. But this infiltrated Instagram, too. So I saw oh, no. that. And I know. Like, I'm like, I can't have any peace at this point. And, and this, was, this has to be a take just for a take, right? Yeah. And I think that it's really easy to kind of beat up on the Bears because, you know, there's so many question marks and all that other stuff. But you, and, and looking at purely at interception rate last season, sure. I mean, Justin Fields had, what, like the 31st ranked interception rate? So essentially what she just said, if you couldn't get it, was she was just like, man, like, I just, I don't understand why 
people would say that Justin Fields is going to lead the league in interceptions when he was ranked the worst or one or the second worst in the NFL last year, hanging an offensive line wrong this year, hanging a wide receiving core for him this year, and didn't give him an offensive coach this year. They got him a defensive coach this year because they got an offensive close coach in Matt Nagy the last time around. And Bears fans and Bears organization staff members are in an absolute tiff about the offense. Let's fast forward a couple of uh, minutes down the uh, the pipeline to hear what gems of wisdom they have uh, for us next. You, you mentioned this a moment ago, 10 interceptions in 10 games. Well, what does that average out to? Like if Justin Fields... Through 17 I'm relearning practical algebra again like I'm essentially relearning high school algebra for no other reason other than that I sucked at it in high school and I want to get better at it I never said I was a sane person I'm a bit of a psychopath I'm a bit of a psychopath it's not about like by the way reliving my glory days in high school it's more along the lines of like academically I was not very good because I did not try I am trying now and uh, so far I have like all of my notes on my iPad because I've been doing math problems on my iPad. So far, I have 123 pages of notes on my iPad. And like a week, it was like two, two weeks, two, three weeks, 123 pages. Good God. I, I love math. I love math. I was learning, like, I was like, why did I even start talking about algebra? And I was like, oh, yeah, I learned that, like, or not learned, but I just went over one of the lessons that was, like, ratios and proportions. And it's just like, if you're 10, if you have 10 interceptions in 10 weeks, that's easily one to one. That's, like, that's not hard to do. That's, a child could do that. Not a teenager, not an adult, a child. Interceptions. What, what, like, like. The conversation of like, oh my God, the public school failed this student. And like, I see it now. I'm like, this is very easy stuff to learn. Next year. Like that's, that probably won't lead the league. Like I can't imagine. No. That's gonna lead the league. Like that's not even going to be close. Like Jameis, first of all, is still in the NFL. So. I'm like, didn't, I don't remember what Jameis uh, Winston's touchdown interception ratio was a couple of years ago, but I know it wasn't like, like terrible. Let me just look it up. And this is like, a half a season or full season. Wasn't he like better? Yeah, he was. He had 14 in 2021. He had 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. It was like one of his best years statistically when it came to uh, turnovers. They're just like having a laugh. They're like, ha, ha, Javis Winston is going to screw up, isn't he? Isn't he? Isn't he? Know your facts before you come at me, little goof. I was there for that season. It wasn't fun. Um, and I, I do, I've talked at length actually about Jameis Winston now that he does not have Sean Payton uh, in New Orleans and how that might affect him. And if he will regress back to what we kind of knew him as in Tampa or not, I think he might. Um, but again, I just think that Justin Fields was kind of like the easy target because of the fact that they have all these questions on the offensive line. But again, he got, he got more weapons. He got Nikhil Harry, he got Byron Pringle. So I talked about this. Last week, and by the way, if you have no idea, I'll, I'll try and help you out. If you have no idea what she said, I'll help you out. 
essentially what she said was she's just like uh, Justin Fields is an easy target but they also gave him weapons and I talked about it and I tried to address this last week as well and we'll fast forward uh to a couple more minutes later I talked about this last week where I was like look just because you do something doesn't mean you actually did something productive and progressive towards your team winning football games. Some people may be a little bit confused with that. Well, let me help you out. You know how, like, sometimes you'll have a group project and there's that kid that just doesn't help at all whatsoever? In fact, they are a liability, so you just give them a really, really easy task, like signing your name on, or signing your names in, on that group task, or turning it in to the teacher, you know, because you don't want them to fuck it up. But they did something. They get to put their name on it. They, they did something. They helped. In reality, they did very little to nothing. That's what Ryan Poles did this offseason. Very little to nothing. He got Nikhil Harry for a seventh round draft pick. Bears fans are like, low risk. Low reward. He is a bust. If a reward at all. Like, you probably just sacked a seventh round draft pick. He's never been, I don't even think he's gotten 500 yards. He is a monumental bust. Are you, like... Are you insane? Hello? Can you hear me like Adele? He had 184 yards in 2021 with Mackie J, Mac Jones, the Mac Attack, the Mac Tan, as I like to refer to him, as I like to call him. But when he had Tom, excuse me, I got to get his name right. Thomas, Edward, Patrick, Brady, the second. Two touchdowns, 105 yards. Since then, he has, oh my God. I, I hate ESPN's website. How many yards did he, did he get in 2020? He got 302 touchdowns. In 2021? He got 184 and zero tutties. And people want to talk to me about, he doesn't have a thousand yards in three seasons. He is a categorical boss. And people want to talk about in Chicago, they want to talk to me. They want to tell me that Nikhil Harry is somehow going to bail out the Chicago Bears wide receiving core because he used to be a first round draft pick. Newsflash, if he was useful, the Patriots wouldn't have traded him away for a seventh round draft pick in 2024 to begin with. I'm sick of this. Sick of it. They did stuff. They didn't do jack. Well, let's, let's hear more copium, right? We've never seen the team. We don't know how they're going to play football. But you know, I, I wouldn't be happy if I wouldn't be unhappy if they didn't. But my thing is like, we want to be, you know, excited about something. And then they're like, nope. Like, oh, oh, boo, 
boo hoo. We want to be excited about so who do they? I want to talk. I want to talk about their individual schedule here in a couple of minutes. But he's just like, we want to be excited, twenty four. Like we want to be happy. I like being realistic. I like being prepared. I like being informed. And most importantly, I like to be right. That's just me. Maybe, maybe you know, as an analyst, I have different priorities than other analysts. You know, I like to be informative. I like to be a little bit entertaining. And I also like to be right. So that way people can be like, oh yeah, he's right. He knows what he's talking about. He's not just, you know, howling at the moon every single night like a wolf. Uh, no, he's actually making a lot of sense here. Despite the rantings and ravings of a psychological, psychopathic man. There's insight in what he's saying. And what I'm saying. You will not get a, a shoulder to cry on here. Oh my God. There's just no hope. Your organization sucks. You have won Super Bowl in 100 years. That is not my problem. That is your problem. Why are you saying, why are you giving the Bears the benefit of the doubt? Why are people so high on Matt Eberflus? Why? Why? Oh, because he had two of the best offensive players in the NFL and De uh, in DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard. And you think that for some weird reason, Johnny or Danny Trevathan or whatever his name is, your linebacker is then going to turn into them when nobody considers him in the top three, four to potentially even five linebackers in the NFL, even though I think he almost led the NFL in total tackles. Nobody thinks that he's Micah Parsons. Nobody thinks that he's Darius Leonard. Nobody thinks that he's Fred Warner. Nobody thinks that he's any one of those guys. And to be honest with you, nobody thinks that he's Bobby Wagner. Like Bobby Wagner a year ago was better than Danny Trevathan. I would have had Bobby over him any day of the week. To be honest with you, depending on how he plays, I still would. Maybe Seattle made a mistake in getting rid of Bobby. Don't come to me. Don't talk to me about hope when you're hopeless. You guys are terrible. Like, you've never seen this team. I've like, never seen I, I saw that uh, Pro Football Focus, you know, had their offensive line rankings, and the Bears were 31st. And I'm like, how do you know? Like, who would, you don't even know who the guys are who are starting. Like, you. And that's a problem. I know who Dallas's front five are. I know it's Tyron Smith at left tackle. I know it's Tyler Biotish at center. I know Zach Martin's at right guard. I know Terrence Williams is at right tackle. And potentially, probably speaking, Tyler Smith, their rookie out of Tulsa, is going to be their left guard. I know Dallas is starting five. I don't know why. Because they are established football players two of which are Hall of Famers. The other two guys that carried over from last year, essentially it's obvious that they're going to be the starters unless somebody impresses in camp, which that may happen specifically at center. We'll see. Left guard is quote-unquote up for grabs. It's a competition. We're going to see who competes well. It's going to Tyler Smith. He seems to be the best player out of camp already at that position. I know who the starting five are. You want to know what? I've never seen them play together as well. I've never seen them play. But I can use this really, really interesting thought process and critical thinking skill called projection. Wow. Almost nailed it if I had nailed it. Projection, not projecting. I can project a player's future 
with the team. I can project their play and I can make an educated guess. I can make a hypothesis. I can make an educated guess on how they would play this year. It's a guess, but it's educated. And based off of your lack of aggression towards the offensive line position relative to how bad you guys were last year and the Bears were horrified. It is easy to come to the conclusion that the Chicago Bears are going to have a bad offensive line because you guys had a shitty offensive line last year. What's going to happen? It just suddenly gets better. It just breaks the laws of physics and intelligence and it just gets better because they traded op- over the coaching staff. New side, you didn't have good players to begin with. So you don't have good players. And then you may not have good coaching. And so now it equals to, oh crap, we have a bad offensive line. Let's say you had good players last year. Do you have good coaching this year at the offensive line? Where's the resumes? Help me help you understand what the fuck is going on in Chicago and why Chicago Bears fans are so excited. Because I, I don't understand it. I haven't seen them play. Like, you, you can't make that judgment, and it's just... I, I can, and I just did. I can, and I just did. I can, and I just did. I just think that it's, it's an easy target, and uh, we can't help ourselves because we fall for it every time. You're an easy target because you are pathetic. You are pathetic. You are Morty from Rick and Morty, and I am Rick. I am bullying you because you have no self-respect. You have no self uh, self-esteem. You have no confidence. You are spineless. You are boneless. I am the scientist who can, for some weird reason, operate as if I am Jesus Christ in a cartoon. Meanwhile, you are a teenager who has sex with a robot doll and who somehow creates a half human, half alien hybrid because you had had sex with a reproductive machine. Meanwhile, I am literally fucking planets. You are pathetic. Continuing forward. I know, because again, through thick and thin, I think there's something to be said for that uh, as far as that goes. I will say that I, yeah, I mean, this is also the first time that the Bears have had a quarterback to be excited about in a very long time. I mean, I guess Jay Cutler is the last person to come to mind that to play that position that people were excited about, but you paid an arm and a leg for him and continue to pay yeah. for him for years after the fact. Um, and it just, like, just let us have this. Just let us have this. That's all I want. I yeah, want just to let us about a quarterback. Let you have what? Let you have what? Like, let me, I'm, I'm so excited to just pull up. Pull up. Pull it up. 21. Pull it up. Pull it up. Pull up the Bears' regular season schedule. Just pull it up. Just. I just want to be able to just revel in their disparity. 
Just inhale, exhale. I, I, I think we've already gone through and we've already done it. I don't think so because I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is looking quite unfamiliar. But I, I just, I want to pull it up and I want to revel in it. We got like a couple more little quotes before. I, I, I don't need this hour long one where he goes and just has this terrific conversation with this girl. Not gonna, I have like a couple more. I have one more just like clip that we're going to listen to and then we're going to peace out. Sorry that this wasn't as long as I thought it was. I'm just physically exhausted. Jesus Christ. Not physically, I mean, I'm physically exhausted because I literally worked out this morning, but I'm just, I'm tired. Let's listen in though. Final thing. Let's listen into again the concept of we, we tried, we did something, we tried. We tried addressing the offensive line. Let, 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 let's listen in. Let's listen in to them trying to address the offensive line. Pretty decent, a decent enough prospect. I always I always uh, get upset with the inclination that, like, they haven't addressed it at all. They drafted three guys, uh, three linemen this year. They drafted two last year. They brought in Lucas Patrick. Yep. We missed out on the greatest guard in the history of the world. I can't even remember his name anymore. I, I remember everybody being so gutted. He's he's talking about the Washington Commanders guard that got that um I don't know if the Washington Commanders were trying to match his contract but he's talking about that guard that was one of the best guards in the NFL. He's not like one of the like he's speaking in hyperbole but I mean he's better than essentially every offensive lineman that you have right now. But sure, fine. You can just, you know, uh, speak in hyperbole while you're talking while you're like, I don't understand why Justin Fields is going to lead the league in interceptions or why it's not a like why it's a why it can't be a possibility. But sure, fine. Uh, just, you know, just freaking play pretend, I guess. Hello, matched him. But I also look at it. The, the, I think the realistic expectation and it, this has been the, the benefit of doing the state of the franchise series is looking at what the Miami Dolphins have been doing with Tua Tungavailoa. And listen, people knock Tua for whatever reason. I thought he played much better at the end of last year, and the statistics bore that out. But you look at what the Dolphins did. Like last year, they kind of they kind of floundered. They started off, what, one one and seven, one eight of their last nine or something like that. Yeah, because they finished nine and eight. Okay. But you look at what they did this offseason. They signed Tarana Armstead. They obviously made the trade for Tyreek Hill. They brought in Cedric Wilson, which is actually a pretty nice, that's a pretty nice signing. That was a guy that I was like, oh man, I would have loved to have had him on the team. But I'm surprised that Cowboys fans aren't more upset. Oh, they don't listen. There's no nuance with the Cowboys fans. They they're like, oh, Mari Cooper, you know, that they don't they don't understand. And he goes in like I love how he just said there's no nuance to the Cowboys fans. And then he just said Amari Cooper, and then he just essentially repeated himself by saying they don't understand. I'm just really interested in how he's going to connect to uh, to and the Dolphins to the Bears situation, which he has done a very, very poor job. Uh, coming from a Cowboy fan, by the way, he's done a very poor job in connecting this. And I'll get on Cedric Wilson in a minute because the NFL is also fawning over Cedric Wilson, which I think is stupid. But okay, sure, fine, whatever. Cedric, I know this isn't a you know don't want to turn this into the Cedric Wilson show, but. You know what, he, he, he walks into a situation that's very similar to what he was doing in Dallas 
where, you know, he had CeeDee Lamb and, and even Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper in front of him, still went out there and made good plays or big plays. You know, a, a know your, as The Rock says, a know your role kind of guy. Going into Miami, where they have Gasecki, where they have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, I think he's still going to go out there and make some plays. But that is kind of the mold. And I think Philadelphia is a lot like that, too, with Jalen Hurts bringing in A.J. Brown. So it's going to be okay. Like, I think we're going to be, we're going to be just fine. You know, there's, we're going to, we're going to figure. Wait, 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 what did he say? I think Philadelphia is a lot like that too with Jalen Hurts. Bringing what, in- hold on. What, like, all over the place. He's all over the place. He went from talking about how the team did enough to talking about wide rap. Wide, wow. I'm tired. Talking about wide outs to talking about how Miami is some, or excuse me, the Bears are going to essentially do the exact same thing that Miami did, which he never clarified what that was, lose a bunch of games and then win a bunch of games. That's not what you want. And then now he's talking about Cedric Wilson, and now he, and, and excuse me, then he talked about Cedric Wilson, and then now he is, for some weird reason, talking about how A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts are something. I don't know. He's very incoherent right now, but I'll try and rewind and try and see what he's talking about here. We're in front of him. Still went out there and made good plays or big plays. You know, a, a know your, as The Rock says, a know your role kind of guy. Going into Miami, where they have Gasecki, where they have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, I think he's still going to go out there and make some plays. But that is kind of the mold. And I think Philadelphia is a lot like that, too, with Jalen Hurts bringing in A.J. Brown. So that's going to be okay. Like, I think we're going to be— What's the—wait, that doesn't make any sense. Are you comparing A.J. Brown to Cedric Wilson? Are you saying that A.J. Brown is going to be? It is 1.30 in the fucking morning for me right now. I got, like, I literally did not get any sleep today, okay? I, like, powered on through. I, I have insomnia. I fucking could not go to sleep last night. I went to the gym. I woke up. I got my vaccine again. I got my booster shot today. I fucking fell asleep for like three hours. I am on three hours of sleep. I have been incoherent at times, but I also slapped myself, drank some water, drank the rest of my Powerade, and I'm back. I'm energized because I'm a little bit pissed off. Do you think A.J. Brown is Cedric Wilson? Or do you think that the Eagles are going to have a wide receiver approach, a committee by approach, with the acquisition of A.J. Brown, similar to Tyreek Hill? This is like a categorical nine reach because this guy didn't make any of these connections. He didn't say any of this, by the way. Like five seconds ago. How does this relate to Cedric Wilson? I don't know. I really don't. He's just incoherent to all hell. I'm just, I'm lost. And I think I'll stay lost for, uh, for the rest of this segment. But let's, let's try and understand what he's saying, even though most of it doesn't make any sense. We're going to be just fine. You know, there's, we're going we're gonna to figure out some things here. I think that at some point we'll be like, okay, Justin can play. Like, this is what he does well. We're working on some things, especially when they're like, 
working on his footwork and everything, it, it shows you like they're committed to it. He's yeah. going to be fine, but it's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, speaking of time. That's it. Hold on. Let me, let me go back. Let me incoherent, incoherent to all hell. Let me try and go back and understand what he's saying. As the rock says, I know your role kind of guy going into Miami where they have Gasecki, where they have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I think he's still going to go out there and make some plays, but that is kind of the mold. And I think Philadelphia is a lot like that too, with Jalen Hurts bringing in AJ Brown. So it's going to be okay. Like, I think we're going to be, we're going to be just fine. You Do know. you think that you're going to get a Tyree kill and AJ Brown? Is that what he just said? I don't, I don't know. Let's, let's start off with Cedric Wilson. Cowboy fan. Love Cedric Wilson. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome gadget player. Special teams player. He was Dallas's like fourth or fifth wide receiver. He was their fourth receiver. Inarguably, he was their fourth receiver. He had great moments. He had great games in 2020 and 2021. What's his contract looking like? Is he getting paid more than Michael Gallup? He's not better than Michael Gallup. If you put on Dallas's highlight reel, you will see Cedric Wilson. You'll see Cedric Wilson because he's a part of, or at least he was a part of some of their most creative plays because he could also throw the football. How much money is he getting paid? Getting paid $5 million. Yeah, I'm like, you should not be making $10 million. And it shows because it's just like, yeah, they they need another number three guy. And he is a calculated risk. He's going to make $8 million in the next couple of years. But he's a calculated risk in the sense of Cedric is probably going to be a decent number three option for them. Is he going to be a great one? I don't think so. Is he going to be a good one? I don't know, potentially. But he's never had a 1,000-yard season. Last season was his best season. He cashed out. Dallas was like, we're not offering him a long-term contract because we have CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, and for some weird reason, they then were like, we're dumb, and we want to trade Amari Cooper for peanuts. So that's, that's, what, that's what they did. But Cedric Wilson is a decent gadget player, he had 604 or 602 yards. He helped pick up the slack. He was a better option than some of the options on the team. Like, that's undeniable. He was better than, for example, uh, Noah Brown. Like, when it came to special teams, when it came to the uh, the play calling of Calamore, he could do things that Noah Brown just couldn't. Like, run routes and catch passes and uh, be in design trick plays. Like, he can do things that certain players can't. He was reliable. He had a very, very high catch percentage. And he, he he could burn people. He was fast. But like this notion or this narrative that like Dallas lost a very important wide receiver in Cedric Wilson to me is insane. Insane. He was a luxury that Dallas literally could not afford. And that was a really, really awesome special teams player and a awesome number four like he's an awesome fourth receiver on your team but like second no third no again he doesn't have a thousand yards on his career again last season was his best season he had 602 yards 13.4 yards per reception which is great six touchdowns but when they needed him to step up he didn't because he's like he's a number three wide receiver 
Number he's like he's a it's weird because I don't think he can play in the slot, but he's a decent outside presence. So there's some things that you can do with him in that regard where it's just like, oh, he's an outside receiver. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle can both play on the inside, so there's certain things that you can do. Yeah. This whole like notion that Cedric Wilson is just this like world beater is ridiculous to me. That's number one. Number two. Like I I, I don't I don't understand the the Dolphins comparison if you want my honest opinion about it. We're like looking at their schedule. They were right. Like they were one and seven before they went on like a seven game winning streak. And then they went eight and seven, and then they lost to the Tennessee Titans. The teams that they beat during that seven seven game win streak were Houston, Baltimore. Was it Baltimore without Lamar? Or was it, I mean, it, it kind of matters. No, Lamar played and he played terribly. He got sacked four times. 26 of 43, so he was like a little bit below. He was a little bit above 60%. They beat the Texans, Ravens, Jets, Panthers, Giants, Jets, Saints. Does that sound like a really awesome, those are all like, I mean, those are all teams that are essentially like Texans drafting third overall this year. Ravens, again, like, whatever. Jets, drafting fourth overall. Panthers, like, fifth or sixth overall. Giants, like, fifth and seventh. Jets, again, terrible football team. Like, they beat terrible football teams. Not average or good, terrible. Like, a lot of these teams were drafting in the top 10 in this year's draft because they were terrible. But then, the final thing I'll talk about is the whole, well, they address the offensive line by putting in picks. By putting picks into the offensive line, they somehow addressed it. And again, it's quality over quantity. Just because you spend three fucking draft picks, three low-value draft picks on offensive linemen, doesn't mean that you addressed it. And I was like, yeah, this is what Bears fans are going to do. As soon as... As somebody pushes on it, they're going to be like, well, they spent three first round, or not three first round. It would it would be awesome if they did. They spent three draft picks on a, uh, on what? On like a, uh, on offensive line. They addressed it. And it's just like, no, they got backups to depth pieces, to developmental pieces. They didn't address shit. The fuck are you talking about? Anyways, I'm tired. Training camp starts today. Oof, man. I did not expect to be this tired. I am, I'm wiped. I'm pooped. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk about football. We'll talk about some of the stuff that I uh, did not get into. What is it? I completely forgot because I am exhausted i'm on three hours of sleep right now but i'm like nipsey hustle i'm grinding all my life and grinding all my life anyways i'll see you tomorrow thanks for tuning in 24th podcast